It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MN Drive-In Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols, which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. So us about your day, Doug. Well, Brennan. <laughs> I say as if I didn't I know did. what it was already. Yes, I, uh, I had the joy of picking my kid up from school a little earlier and explaining to him that his, uh, his very close friend's house had, uh, burned down. So we had to go over there and offer our support and then bring the kid home with us for a while. So my evening dealing with these two children who were a little upset and extremely concerned about a, a lost cat that hadn't oh, been no. found yet. So no, uh, that's what I did with my evening. So you got two kids hanging out. Well, the other guy went home or not home. Cause he doesn't have one of those anymore, but he went Oh, okay. where his parents are. I thought you meant <laughs> that he was staying with you for a while till they figured the house. Situation. No, no, just for a few hours. Gotcha. Then, but then he also did start crying cause he wanted to stay because by that point they were having fun. So, <laughs> Weirdly, I was going through my memories on Facebook and just saw the two-year anniversary of me uh, saying, hey, guys, I'm trying to put together a podcast to help support my friend Doug, whose house just burned down. Yes, it it is super interesting that the two house fires in discussion happened exactly two years apart to the day. Crazy. Like within a couple of hours of each other. Yeah. So, and the best... Advice is don't be friends with Doug or your house will burn down. It seems that it's, yeah. It seems it's, it's, this would be, yes. So, Brian, you and I have now been podcasting together long enough that there have been three different fires that postponed a podcast for one reason or another. What was the third one? What was the first one, I guess? You remember way back when uh, my niece had the apartment fire and we had to. Have, oh, that's right. Yeah. 
I completely forgot. So, so I mean, shit. you know, different, different levels of delay in the podcasting, but these fires are really wreaking havoc on our ability to get a show out. Shit. This is a weird Canadian problem. It's so it's many a, it's, fires. It's a weird me problem. So cold there. I think it'd be harder to burn things. It's not cold. Uh, never mind. It's colder. <laughs> it's probably nice and comfortable. It's in the 90s here right now. I don't know what that means, but it's warm here as well. Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to explain Fahrenheit to you. <laughs> yeah. Hot. Because I mean, it, it makes no sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the I don't I don't know what the equivalent is. What what are you talking about? It makes no sense. It uses the two most common touch points, which is ninety eight point six and two hundred and twelve <laughs> that were arbitrarily assigned to two different things. <laughs> what what part of that is weird? Uh, it is thirty two degrees up here Celsius. Okay, it was like, I don't know, 26 or something here this afternoon. So 26. Yeah, but like one degree Celsius. Oh, is like a 78. It'd be 78 Fahrenheit. Okay. It's a nice, respectable day. That's what that is. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too warm, but it wasn't. Because I'm trying to resist turning on my air conditioner. So I have every ceiling fan in my house going right now. Yeah. It was a little warmer over at my son's friend's house. So. Oh, you think so? <laughs> I hope they don't listen. So you guys want to hear another interesting random story? My, this is about fire? Uh, no, but if there's a manhunt involved. Uh, oh, yeah. My my wife let the dog out this morning and was out there and he was who, going to the who, bathroom. Who? And she uh, she heard this noise over her head and she looked up and there was a helicopter hovering over our yard, like clearly hovering over our yard. And it turns out there is a manhunt going on (laughs) for a person loose in our area. And they saw my wife moving around in the yard. So they thought maybe it was her. So she was getting scoped by a police copter. Her lives are weird, I think. Uh, was she really hoping that it was going to be like a Pee Wee Herman robot that's like, I need all the info that's in your head, Navigator? And she was going to go on an adventure. Because that probably would have been better. I can't believe you're dropping Flight of the Navigator references in here somehow. <laughs> How did you even get there? Because there was some random ship in the sky when she went outside. She didn't know what it was from. I want to know what weird shit happened to you, Brian. Uh, unusual and messed up. So nothing. My cat puked on my blanket this morning. Hmm. That's that's pretty much it. Not a whole lot. That doesn't mean something weird's not going to happen to me tomorrow. But um, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't consider this weird, but. Uh, you know, my girlfriend lives like an hour away from me, and I was messaging with her today while I was making dinner. 
And she's like, oh, what movie are you watching? And I'm like, oh, I have to watch this movie, Sidekicks, whatever. She's like, oh, well, we should, like, watch it together. Like, it's on Prime, right? I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Um, and then I hear a knock on my door, and my girlfriend's standing outside. I'm like, what the fuck? She's like, oh, I was just coming to surprise you. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's perfectly fine, but it was just a weird moment to walk... To look at look out my front window and just see my girlfriend standing there when I wasn't expecting it. That's a that's a long drive to risk a surprise. What if she had called you and you were just like, "Oh, I'm just out doing something." <laughs> nah, she knew I had the podcast tonight. So she knew I wasn't going anywhere. I was definitely going to be home. That's that's the least interesting story out of all of us. Still. Well, I mean, I got nothing, guys. Nobody I know's house burned down. Um, there's not been a manhunt, um, something that's not involved with my life, I guess, uh, uh, an apartment building collapsed up in Davenport just because it's a really shitty building. And, and what do you, and what do you want to bet the owner of the building who failed to maintain it is going to not be held responsible in any way probably not because because guess what he's an attorney of course he is now to be fair he's not going to get away with it because he's an attorney he's going to get away with it because he's rich (laughs) if if he wasn't an attorney he still wouldn't be held accountable fair enough anyways I can't believe we missed the opportunity to transition into Sidekicks Talk when you brought it up in the middle of your story. Yeah. Um, you ever been to high school before and been picked on a lot and uh, had some wise old man teach you how to fight? Well, if you haven't, I got two movies that'll let you live through that experience. We're not here to talk about the Karate Kid, are we? <laughs> you're you're Weird. either weirdly age appropriate Jonathan Brandis or not age appropriate at all other guy. <laughs> Ken Scott, yeah. Oh my god. Let's let's Noah, why don't you tell us about uh showdown? Uh no no yeah. no I'll refer to it by its proper title. Oh. American Karate Tiger? Yes, that is yes. its alternative <laughs> title American for the Karate foreign market, Tiger. and we will refer to it. Appropriately, <laughs> okay. Jeez. It sounds like one of those uh, ones that you got a dub in Japanese and it has the wrong title on it. No, <laughs> it's because it, it's oh, because oh, my wife is closing doors. In, in, so I'll I'll explain the the title American Karate Tiger to you. Please it's do because it's because best of the best was Karate Tiger Four in some markets. And then Best of the Best 2, I guess, was also under a karate, and karate tiger, ti- tiger. So then this is because it's from the same director. They just assume it's like a sequel. So it's, it's apparently awesome. foreign markets are great. Uh, but yeah, this is basically a shitty karate kid. <laughs> I, mean, I honestly don't know how they didn't get sued because the plot is I so was, similar. Yeah, I was legit going to ask you guys, like, my my original question was going to be, like, is this a parody of The Karate Kid? Is that what this is? 
No, I this is this is unfortunately not a parody. This is that weird period in the early 90s after uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme had huge success and they were like, hey, what if we just don't hire actors anymore? We just find everyone that won some kind of martial arts tournament and make them the star of a movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a, a kid goes to a new high school. There is a blonde girl. He likes her. But oh, she has evil boyfriend who's being taught by evil karate master. Dude gets shit beat out of him. Wise old ethnic man <laughs> comes, <laughs> comes in to teach him self-defense. In this case, ex-cop Billy Blanks, the typo master. Ex-cop turned janitor. We'll discuss that, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, and the bad guy, Mr. Lee, played by actor whose name I can't remember, but he's a generic bad guy in shit uh, of movies. Mm-hmm. Patrick Kilpatrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy with a weird mustache in this movie it makes I don't yeah. <laughs> I don't like his mustache in this movie. <laughs> makes me uncomfortable. Uh, apparently, apparently, he was in a Van Damme movie called Death Warrant. Oh yeah, yes. I've seen Death Warrant. Uh, yeah. And no, and it's 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 literally the same fucking plot. So like <laughs> there's a bunch of shenanigans. They keep fighting. The only difference in this movie is that the evil karate master is also involved in crime somehow. Yeah. And this Under, underground he, he, fight club. Yeah, underground and this fight underground, club with the so-called yeah. teenagers. Yeah, and the karate tournament that they go to at the end is is an illegal karate tournament that's underground. But he fights the kid that's been beating him up and earns his respect. Yeah, but you forgot the part where he uses the special kick that he spent the whole movie learning. The hurricane kick? The yes. the Van Damme hurricane kick? Which yes, finishes his fight? And then Billy Blanks has his fight against the master and finishes it with the same hurricane <laughs> kick? Yeah, that... Like, I know it's at the end of the movie and we probably shouldn't be talking about it yet, but that is the most shoehorned in fight I've ever seen in my life. At the end of that tournament, the movie is clearly over. Then Billy Blanks is like, no, now I must fight the evil sensei. And it's like, but you guys have no history together whatsoever. I believe this is the first time you've met in the whole movie. Well, once once again, they had seen the karate kid and knew that uh, Kreese beats up Johnny after the tournament and Mr. Miyagi has to fight him. Yes. So they had to also do that because this movie is a flagrant <laughs> to the point where the to the kid. point where like okay now it, there are some differences um, because Billy Blanks is a uh, janitor, not a handyman. Totally different job description. <laughs> um, no, I th- actually I think that might be. I think all the differences. <laughs> He makes him do janitor work to build, to get himself in shape as opposed to like painting fences and stuff. It's so close. I'm pretty sure I haven't watched the original Karate Kid in a while. I'm pretty sure it shows them driving up in like a uh, station wagon. It's very similar station wagon. They they drive up in a station wagon in this. I'm just like, holy shit. It, it is. I, the station wagons look like, like, you know, I I didn't watch the scenes back to back, but they look like they could be the same car, like the same prop. <laughs> the biggest difference in these two movies um, is, first the of all, the, the, protag- yeah, the protagonist is in his 40s. And, <laughs> and the antagonist. He looks he looks. 
Right. I was going to ask you guys the question, who do you think was older at time of filming, the high school kid or the janitor who was a retired police officer? <laughs> I'm not sure which of those actors is older. Five years of each other. <laughs> it's, it's it could hilarious. be could be the guy that in my head I referred to as buff Adam Sandler throughout the entire movie. Well, well, I was going to say the the biggest difference at the end of the movie is that dude takes his shirt off. And while Ralph Macchio is supposed to kind of be the American teenaged everyman. Yeah, that dude is a fucking <laughs> rip like Jesus. I love that the whole movie, they were pretending that he wasn't like in shape. Right. And you're like, he's nah. like, he's wearing a baggy sweater and I can kind of see abs through it. Like, let's not pretend this guy isn't in good shape. <laughs> oh, this movie I, I is so ridiculous. Like, I also like the fact the first time that he goes to the underground tournament, did we mention there's an evil blonde lady that's posing as the sex ed teacher at the school for some fucking reason? <laughs> oh, no, reason. Uh, but they go to the fight and the random underground fight that happens is between Lee and a guy who very clearly is Charlie Sheen's body double. Like he has to be, (laughs) (laughs) he looks like he looks like they put Charlie Sheen in a cloning machine and just like, didn't finish the cycle. (laughs) Oh man. We should mention Brian James as the vice principal. Yeah, just yeah. spends the whole movie yelling at people for no reason. <laughs> he just walks around, walks into a room, yells at people, walks out of the room, has no impact on the plot whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. The blonde girlfriend is uh, Marsha from the Brady Bunch movies. Yeah. Ben, ben Stiller's wife. Um, and then the nerdy best friend. That's what this movie has as a nerdy best friend. That's what Karate Kid doesn't have that. Also known as the highlight of the movie. That nerdy best friend was my favorite thing in this whole movie. I like, just kept putting I like him his big his big hero movie is fucking kicking a woman. <laughs> <laughs> like like he's he just knocks the shit out of a woman at the end of it and she falls down and he looks down and he's like, Wow, I'm so powerful. And it's like, yeah, you just well she's not a karate person. You just beat the shit out of a just a random woman. It wasn't a random woman. It was the evil blonde woman. I, I know it was the teacher. evil blonde lady, but I'm saying the evil blonde lady has not been established to have kung fu powers like the rest of the people well, in the movie. Take it a step further. Like, did he even know she was an evil blonde lady? Like, we as an audience know that she's like working with the bad guys, but did he? Or like, did he have that knowledge? I don't know if he did. Yeah, I don't think he did. I think he just was like. She seems evil, and then kicked him, kicked her. Just uh, the biggest thing that hit me rewatching this is so I've seen it before, and I remember watching it way back in the day, so probably the late nineties, and thinking, "Oh, okay, this is a good movie. It's just kind of like the Karate Kid or whatever." And now rewatching it, I'm like, "Oh shit, this movie's bad." <laughs> yep, I have the same <laughs> problem. It is. <laughs> It is. It's so weird. Like when they walk into the at the very beginning of the movie, like I'm already like, okay, so this 40 year old is getting dropped off at the school by his 35 year old mom. (laughs) Yep. And and I'm like, I'm I'm already noticing like that's the same car from Karate Kid. This is very similar plot wise right from the beginning after the cold open with Billy Blanks's character. Um, But that right away, I'm like, okay, this is this is like too Karate Kid ish. 
And then he goes into like the gym and he meets the nerdy kid and the kid is like doing the thing where he's like, oh, these are all the different cliques in our school, which like every 90s high school movie has that scene. But as he's doing it, I'm like, is this is this a cartoon high school? Is that what's going on here? Like they're like, that's the smelly guy. Don't go near him. And the dude literally is like shit smeared on his face, like literally. And I'm like, I they can't be expecting me to take this seriously. Can they like, they're not like, Oh, later we're going to care about these characters. That's the guy with the shit smear on his face. That also goes to class with them. Like that can't be right. And, and every group of people is like that. And I'm just like, I can't, how over the top are these 40 year old teenagers that we have are expected to treat them like real human beings. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I don't like, that's why I started thinking like, is this intentionally a parody? Is that what they're trying to do? Because I like I have no idea who this movie would be for. It can't be for teenagers because there's no way teenagers re- would relate to characters that are this much older than them. They can't be expecting an adult audience to give a shit about anything that goes on. It certainly isn't appropriate for kids. So who's left? Like, like other than us alone in our basements watching this and feeling shame, who is this for? <laughs> Uh, future Tybo enthusiasts. So it's yeah, I guess. I mean, there's probably a small market of that. People who are like after the infomercials over, they're like, I still need some more Billy Blanks in my life. It's four a.m. and they've and the TV went from infomercial to just fuzz. So I guess I'll put back in showdown. Um, some interesting things about the nerdy guy. Yeah. Uh, he would go on to play the Anthony Michael Hall role in the Weird Science TV show. Okay. And uh, somehow, six years after this movie, he would marry Jenny McCarthy. All right. In 1999. Well, that's... How the fuck did that happen? I don't... that, That is kind of impressive and at the same time not at all impressive well they got divorced before she turned into a crazy nut job so okay so pre-crazy jenny mccarthy well at least publicly crazy jenny Ooh, that McCarthy. would be it that would be mtv jenny mccarthy right oh it's like 99 to like 2006 or something like that no oh. Kudos, kudos to him. <laughs> right? And uh, we've actually seen Ken Scott, our main hero, before. We just didn't know it was him. We've reviewed a movie he's in on this show before. What? So. <laughs> what in, in the movie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They're having a fight with the Foot Clan. One like whips out the nunchucks, and Michelangelo's like, "Oh, a fellow chucker, eh?" He's the Foot Clan guy with the nunchucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I respect him a lot more for that than for anything else. And then he would go on to play the person inside the suit of Raphael for the second one. Huh. Yeah. So he's been in a movie with Vanilla Ice. That's pretty good. Yeah. See, pretty good. Not for this movie though, because oh my god, he's a terrible actor. Put him in a suit. Oh yeah, no, you want to you want to cover his face and not let him talk. That's what you yep. want to do. I was gonna say everyone in this movie is real bad. 
it's so funny because like the what's her name that plays the Marsha Brady girl, right? Yeah. She really stands out in this movie as like, oh, she's like the only real actor on set, clearly. Like she's the only one that has any talent. And I'm like, when it, when the movie was over, I'm like, wait a minute, she's not like a particularly talented actress. She can be kind of funny sometimes, but she's not great or anything. <laughs> Compared to everyone else in this movie, she really <laughs> stood out. It's like when you watch like an indie film and like some like A-lister did it before they got famous. And you're like, oh, yeah. you can clearly see how that person stands out. That's what it's like, except it's the girl whose name I can't remember that played Marsha yeah. Brady. Christine Taylor. It's it's like watching mazes of monsters and being like, yeah, this Tom Hanks guy is probably going to have a good career. Yeah, it's 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 that level of difference between what she's doing, what everyone else is doing. But she's like not doing that well. She's just, she's just acceptable and nobody else comes close to that. Uh, a year before this movie, he would also play Officer Number Two in Doctor Mordred. Oh, so he's been all over the show. He's been all over the show. I just didn't know it. He's really the main reason we do this podcast is to discuss this actor whose name I'm not going to (laughs) learn. It seems like Ken Scott, because guess what his name is in this movie? Ken. I was going to say, isn't that his name in the movie? Not. I didn't know if you were referring to the actor or the character. Nope. His name's Ken, Ken Marks. I, I didn't realize that. And Billy Blanks' character's name is Billy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wanted to learn new names. Nobody, I don't know, wanted to or capable of, however you want to say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this was, like, I was excited to put this on the list. Because, I, I like Noah, I remember liking this movie when I was apparently young and stupid. Uh, because this movie was terrible. This was not good. Like I don't. Like I can't say I was bored watching it, but there's a difference between laughing with a movie and laughing at a movie. Yeah. And I like I was definitely laughing at this movie. Yeah. Like, the whole time I'm just like, <laughs> what? Like how could anyone have have financed this? Who who was like seeing dailies from this movie and going? Yeah, no, we'll keep going. Like, we don't want to just eat our losses. We better keep getting through. We got to do the, like, we got to do the scene where the nerdy kid tries to juggle. That'll save the film. Uh, were we laughing at uh, every time the, the bully would go into the library and see see Ken talking to his girlfriend? He would get so worked up, like, cartoon steam would almost come out of his ears. Oh, yes, you! He <laughs> was such a, like, just a stereotypical 90s villain with the like because that's like the, the it's usually a football player not a karate guy in 90s movies but it's like the boyfriend yeah. who thinks he's in charge of everything and pushed and the girl feels like she has to stay with him because they've been together a long time but she then you know obviously she meets the hero of the movie and that's what upsets him and it was very typical he, he even does like the uniform of the high school bully from early 90s movies which is jeans that are a little bit tighter than they ought to be and then the button-down shirt. And you know he's a bad guy because he buttons up his shirt and tucks it in every day for school. And nobody in 1993 would do that if they were a decent human being. So. Yeah. Also 45 and still in high school. Which is, yep. But that, that was everybody, so it's not his fault. Um, and then, uh, of course, he would... Uh, um, oh, fuck, I had a point. I just completely lost it. God damn it. Never mind. Continue. We want to talk about the giant escalation that happens for no reason in this movie where they're like, 
they're like, wow, our guy lost in a, like a fight to this other guy. Let's have the janitor that's been training the other kid killed. So they sent to the school. (laughs) Fucking like switchblades and chains and shit. They're like literally trying to, they're literally trying to murder him in the school. And and they're like, he said, like, make sure you like hang the body where everyone will see it. So they know that you shouldn't train other kids in karate in that school. It's so absurd. And then the whole fight scene is like this long drawn out fight with Billy Blanks taking on two guys. And he like, at some point he starts going up like a flight of stairs, but it's one of 11 flights of stairs. And we watch him run up all 11. Right. And then they have that awesome moment where all of a sudden they're in what appears to be an apartment and they're fighting. And I don't know if it's because I wasn't paying close enough attention or what, but I'm like, how the hell did they get into an apartment? And then he kicks the one guy out the window and I'm like, that guy clearly didn't fall out of a window. And then when it pulls back, you realize they're in the school stage and they're on like a set. On apartment. Oh, they, they thought they thought they were tricking people. Is that what they thought? OK, good. Yeah. All right. So it wasn't me. But the moment where he oh. kicks the guy out the window, I'm like, that is absurd. Clearly, that guy did not fall. And then when they pull back, I'm like, at least I was right. But what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like, why is this janitor stabbing people at shit? Yeah. God, this movie is terrible. The funny thing is, like, at the beginning, and, and right away, we've got the cops are, are like, there, there's the cold open with the, where we get Billy Blanks' backstory. And he's a cop who doesn't really want to carry a gun and they're making him carry it. And, you know, and they go to this house, they go to this house party to break it up. And right off the bat, you're like, okay, they're busting people for underage drinking who are literally double the legal drinking age. Like (laughs) the casting is atrocious. It's right away. I'm like, okay, fine. Right. You can't do that. But he walks in and, the confrontation happens where he accidentally kills somebody in a fight. Cause he's trying to get the bullies out of the party or whatever. Oh. And, uh, right away at first I'm like, this is fucking dumb. They're going to say he got fired for that. Like the guy attacked him in front of dozens of witnesses. It was clearly an accident or whatever. And when they did the smart thing of having him voluntarily quit being a police officer instead, I'm like, Oh, like maybe they actually know what they're doing and they're actually going to tell us a story here because I'm saying like that is a much a very a much more reasonable way to approach it. And obviously, yeah, he's going to be against violence and against teaching this other kid karate because of this back history. He doesn't want to risk somebody else getting hurt and he's going to have to come around to it because he realizes it's necessary or whatever. But then I'm like a minute later, I'm like, no, no, they've, they've lost me because I'm like, wait, you, you, you tricked me into thinking you were going to tell me a story here. And then right away, it's like, here's the kid. Again, the kid with the chin on his face is around the time I gave up the movie. It was either that or it was when the first time that the uh, the evil guy was going to go beat up Ken for talking to his girlfriend. And they send the uh, he sends one of the girls to distract the uh, the librarian. And she goes over and starts flirting with him. And there was something about the fact that the teenagers in this movie are so old that when adults and teenagers were supposed to be flirting with each other, it didn't seem inappropriate because they seemed like they were the same age. And I just like <laughs> something about that. Like it, it happens like, like I'd say it happens three times in this movie where a, a teenager and an adult are flirting. And normally it's like gross and off putting, 
But in this movie, because the adults and the teenagers are played by characters the same age, it's like watching the, like a weird porn where you're like, well, obviously that's not his real mom. Like she's the same age as him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, so that you can kind of just let it go, and that's what it felt like in this movie. And that's it's not how you're supposed to feel in a movie about karate. <laughs> oh, God, this was, it was so ludicrous. Yeah, uh, this movie is ridiculous. <laughs> Just, just start to finish. And like, what about like, okay, remember how we talked about how there was the underground fight club and that's where they end up having their final fight. Why was it an underground fight club? How did that play out plot line wise? How did it matter that that was an illegal thing as opposed to just a normal tournament? Uh, I don't know. It's right. to show that Lee is extra bad. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Got it. He's already dressed up in like Cobra Kai cosplay, so we already know he's the bad guy. Well, there's stuff in the next movie that is put in just so you know the person is the bad guy. Yeah. Which we'll, we'll get to. And 90s storytelling was a little off. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I just, I mean, we should, I guess, mention that. This movie is so on the nose about Karate Kid that they literally make a reference to Karate Kid. Yeah. When he's making him clean toilets and he goes, is this like wax on, wax off stuff? And he's like, no, this is clean the toilet. <laughs> and I, I think maybe they were making a joke, but I can't for sure say that that's true, that that was meant to be a joke. <laughs> no, it's about humility. It's about him getting in shape. Mm-hmm. So he can be ready. Listen, everybody knows that that's how you get in shape. There's, there has never been an out of shape house cleaner or janitor. We know that for a fact. Listen, if I'm going to get ripped like Jesus washing toilets, maybe I need to clean some more toilets. <laughs> like the uh, 20 urinals they had in that one bathroom. Yeah, I don't know. This movie was so bad. It's, it's so disappointing. I should have just let it live in my memory, being an enjoyable Karate Kid ripoff. But no, imagine imagine how I feel. This was the first time watched for me. I have I, no memory of this, and I, I didn't uh, know what this movie was. Uh, it's definitely the kind of movie that would have been probably a lot more enjoyable with like a group of people and about six beers apiece. Oh, completely. This is like a, hey, you ever guys seen this Karate Kid ripoff? And then we watch it, and then everybody has a drink, and they're laughing the whole time. And Yeah. What is that, dude, 40? Why is he a freshman in high school? Or a senior. Senior, they did mention that he moved in his senior year. So that's why he looks 40. Yeah, this year. <laughs> it's a senior year of uh, secondary college. Good Lord. He's going to be a doctor next, next if this, quarter. If honest, I'm not even joking. If this guy was playing like a PhD candidate, I'd still be like, he's a little old for that. They should have written in some dialogue <laughs> what time he took off in between. <laughs> it's just... I, like, I did not look up the ages of any of these people, but like, if any of the actors are less than 30, I'd be fascinated. Okay. It, it's... Uh... Yeah. 
Should we should we mention that uh, Billy Blanks just disappears for part of the movie after he gets stabbed? Yeah. Well, don't don't <laughs> feel bad. The budget, man, they didn't have that Billy Blanks money. But well, here's how here's how bad this movie is. I think that they wanted us to be like, maybe he's dead and that's why he can't make it. And then he shows up at the final fight, and we're like, he's there, he survived. But the problem uh. is they're so bad at making a movie that they showed him winning the previous fight and walking away. So I don't know how the audience could possibly have believed that he was going to be dead. Yeah, I just like that uh, Ken's getting his ass whooped and he just glances up and he's like, oh, is it my girlfriend? Is it my best friend? Are they going to give me inspiration to win this fight? Oh, no, it's this janitor that I met a couple months ago. He's here. I can start winning now. So then he pops up and just starts beating the dude up. That's how it goes. You, you just don't know. You just don't know a lot about karate. That's <laughs> I guess not. This is true. I never took karate when I was younger. <laughs> uh, do we have anything else to say about this? No, we're, we're just movies. It's just... I don't know, unless you want to talk about favorite moments of the geeky sidekick. This is really the only highlight. Um, him trying to train and getting caught up in the ropes. That was fun. My, actually, you know, my, you know what his best moment of the whole movie was? Was the moment where the Ken walks up to Marsha Brady and is like, like he's like, look, like I... I'd like to be your friend, but like, I'm just getting beat up too much. Like, I'm afraid I can't talk to you anymore. He's like, I'm sorry. I, I hate to do this, but I'm never going to speak to you again. Kind of thing. And as he's walking away, the nerdy friend comes up behind and he like pats her on the arm and he's like, I'm so sorry. And he just like, he's so sincere about it. Like he's just decided to follow his friend around and mock him while he does apologies to people. And I thought that was fun. <laughs> uh, so the high school bully in this was in mm-hmm. a, the first movie he was in two years before this was a movie called College Kickboxers. Mm-hmm. And he played one of the professors. Uh, now, now, now check, check out this plot. See if it reminds you of anything. Oh, God. A college freshman who trains in martial arts is beaten up at work by a racist gang. His coworker, a Chinese cook, beats the gang up and trains the young man in Kung Fu. When a tournament is to be held, the teacher tells the student he will not teach him for money. However, when the gang beats up the student's best friend, the student now must make the choice of entering the tournament or keeping the promise to his teacher. Holy shit. What kind of special kick does the teacher teach him to win the tournament? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. I have to go on the list at some point. I just I have to assume sometime somewhere Sean Claude Van Damme saw this movie and saw the kick and he just did like a spit take and he was like, motherfuckers. <laughs> well, I I mean, if he should have found a way to trademark that. So anybody who uses it in a movie has to give him money. Jesus. Oh, all right. Well, this movie was ridiculous, but I mean, surely the next movie will be different enough that it will be enjoyable. <laughs> Doug, why don't you tell us about Sidekicks? Um, Jonathan Brandis plays a kid who daydreams a lot 
and for some reason daydreams himself into the plot of various Chuck Norris movies where he is the sidekick to Chuck Norris that helps him save the day. Um, he is getting bullied at school, so he has to meet an old Chinese guy that's going to <laughs> teach him karate. Um, then, he has, then he has to fight and win. And then and for, at the end, <laughs> I don't I can't even say it. at the end of the movie, when he goes into the karate tournament, it turns out you're required to have a team. And coincidentally, yeah. the real Chuck Norris shows up and offers to join his team so that he can end up fighting the bad guy karate sensei played by Joe Piscopo. <laughs> yes, that's right, Joe Piscopo. This was another first time watch for me. I did not anticipate going into it that I was going to have to watch Joe Piscopo. <laughs> Chuck Joe, Norris. Yeah. The crazy thing, Joe Piscopo was in another fucking movie. Like, like he right. is acting completely like I get it in the dream sequences, but then you come out of the dream sequence and he's still playing a dream sequence character. Yeah. Everybody else tries to play it like a drama film. Like, and it's good. It, the acting's not bad. Like Jonathan Brandis can act for a, a kid actor. The the love interest is Winnie Cooper. So you're like, okay, she's fine. The dad is Bo Bridges. You're like, good actor. Per- perennial eighties, uh, nineties dad. Yeah, like, you know, like typical, like, oh, I put in too many hours at work. So my kid spends all his time at home in front of the TV. And that's why he dreams about being in Chuck Norris movies, right? The sister died. And that's why he's really good at video games, sir. Oh, Whatever, that's, yeah. yeah, that was a different movie. <laughs> that was the wizard, sir. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, if, if we could remember episode numbers, we'd tell people where to go to hear our thoughts on that. Uh, um. No, Joe Piscopo, I feel like, is the karate sensei in, like, in like the Toxic Avenger. That's the level he is at. It's not unreasonable. It's something. He's, he's the bad guy in the parody of this on a Nickelodeon cartoon. Yeah. I mean, I, think, I feel like you guys are saying the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we also need to talk about the scene where uh, Joe Piscopo is in fucking the worst yellow face I think I've ever seen done in a movie. Like, I was like, holy shit, they actually have him painted yellow. Yeah, this movie is very problematic. Well, I want to defend the movie a little bit. Because it's, it's not as if they're... It's not as if they're trying to make him out to be an Asian character. What they're doing is they're in the dream sequences, the people from real life. It's very Wizard of Ozzy, right? The people from real life are playing the villains from these various Chuck Norris movies that they're referencing. And they are referencing a movie where the villains were Vietnamese. So they had to kind of put him in that. Now, did they need to paint him yellow? Probably not. But it's, you know, it's it's not like... Come on, painted yellow Fu Manchu mustache and him doing the uh, the accent, the Chinaman accent. I'm not suggesting it's not problematic. I'm just saying it's not like it's not the same thing as, you know, taking Fisher Stevens and painting him up and trying to pass him off as a member of another race. To your point, like it's. 
they they have him in a bunch of different costumes in the different dream sequences and he this is one of them and yes it's it's an issue by today's standards but it's not blatant racism <laughs> see i just don't know if that's true cuz i i feel like this in another movie there was another one where he was supposed to be a black guy and they had him in full minstrel paint Oh, yeah, so, you're, yeah. so you're saying it's Joe Piscopo's idea? <laughs> he just goes around looking for scripts where he can play other races. Well, no, I'm no, I'm saying like that's the level of makeup that they put on him as an Asian person. It's not like they went, okay, let's kind of make you look Asian, like uh, what's his face in Breakfast at Tiffany's, and we'll just give him slightly offensive giant teeth. This is like all, all the things. Do all the things that people. <laughs> but, but I think that makes it. I think that makes it less so, right? Like I think the fact that it's over the top encourages the idea that this is a weird dream sequence where we're taking this person from real life and inserting him into this role, rather than make, trying to make him look realistic, for lack of a better term. You know what I mean? Did you, do you guys find the strangest thing about this entire movie is that at the very end, it all comes down to a breaking competition, which has, has no not come up. Whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not it's yeah. not at all a thing in the movie. No, no yeah. that, that made no sense. But listen, let's talk about things in this. Movie. Like. From a storytelling perspective, we start with the climax of the movie is them breaking bricks which has not played a role in the film at all up until this point. I don't remember a single scene of him training to break bricks in the whole movie. <laughs> okay. That's one issue. Well, he does, he issue. does teach him to do it in which he breaks literally one brick. Yeah. But the more important issue from a plot perspective for me is that um, so the Jonathan Brandis character, we get to know him. He keeps like drifting off in class and going into this dream world where he partners up with Chuck Norris. And that just keeps happening. And it's, you know, it's recreations of iconic Chuck Norris characters. Right. And he's always there as the sidekick. My my question would be, so what? How is that relevant to the plot of this movie in any way, shape or form? <laughs> this movie would play out the exact same if you took the dream sequences out. Well, I think it's just reinforcing his affinity for Chuck Norris and how much he looks up to him and idolizes him. So like a third of the plot around the plot of the screen time of this movie is dream sequences. And that's all just done to show how much he well, likes Chuck Norris. Yes. But then I feel like we do get into a thing at the end where so Chuck Norris decides, yeah, I'll be on your team because I need to beat up Joe Piscopo. And so then it comes down to, OK, well, he beats up Joe Piscopo in, in like the most Looney Tunes karate fight I've ever seen. Yeah. And then um, Chuck Norris disappears. Like there's such a weird like, oh, I got to break bricks now. Like I'm so well, nervous. I don't know if I could do it. And like maybe his hero could be there. Be like, you could do it, Barry. Or even if you just want to be like, hey, I'm trying to get... Um, because they did bring this up as a possible plot point, which they do nothing with is maybe like, Oh, my, my hero's not here, but my dad told me I could do it. And we're finally going to connect. 
and then he can break the bricks. But no, they did nothing. Just Chuck Norris like, well, beat up Joe Piscopo. I'm out of here. See you guys later. I don't give a shit how you do in your competition, Barry. And uh, just takes off. Chuck Norris is not a good role model. That's all I'm saying. Well, well, and there's the whole, there's this, that weird interaction at the end where him and Chuck Norris have the brief conversation. And and then he turns around and Chuck Norris is gone. Like that, that too was another fantasy or something. And it's like, well, that's, it's weird. I was like, because if, if it's supposed to be real, then it's weird that Chuck Norris disappeared. And if it's supposed to be a fantasy, it's kind of depressing because that means like Chuck Norris didn't bother to say, Hey, thanks for being on my team. Catch you later. Yeah. Yeah. All that. He just disappears. He's like, I ain't got time for this Barry guy no more. This is this is why he killed himself. <laughs> Sidekicks. All right. Sidekicks killed him. He stuck around. He stuck around to pay more attention to the dodgeball game and dodgeball than he did in fucking sidekicks. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I will say there's one plot point in this movie that I really fucking love. Okay. And they they introduce the idea of that all this exercise and stuff he's doing is, you know, good for his asthma. And he's slowly building up some some uh, yeah. lung capacity and things like that, which which is true. You know, you can yes, so you stop, can make stop it watching TV better. all the time and, and, right. and, and get in better shape. It'll help with whatever illness you have. Yeah. But there's the great scene where he gets rejected by the girl and he freaks out and he's kind of starting to have an asthma attack and he smashes his inhaler trying to do the whole, I'm going to beat you asthma. I'm going to beat you. And then our next scene is him like breaking up the into the emergency room because he's dying because he had an asthma attack. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm not, this isn't going to beat me. And then yeah. Hospitalized. Which I kind of appreciate because they were like, okay, so at least they're not just like trivial, trivializing his asthma, you know. Well, there was definitely a, a point in this where I thought that they were going to be like, if you get good enough at karate, your asthma will go away. <laughs> and, and I was like, I was like, this is not a message. Like, this is clearly a, a kid's movie, and that is not a message you want in a kid's movie, which is like the kids with asthma just aren't trying hard enough. It's not what you want to spread, so... I'm glad they went the other way with it. Yeah, I was going to say, if I was writing this movie, instead of the weird breaking competition, it would, of course, end up with the Karate Kid fight at the end where the kid intentionally cheap shots him in the ribs or something. And his karate training would allow him to stave the pain long enough to get to his inhaler and get back into the fight, basically. Yeah. Something like that. But but instead, his asthma almost it doesn't play a fucking role at the end of the movie. Like no. it's and, and that's a it's a major thing. Like it's it's the thing he's overcoming in the movie is not really the uh, the martial arts competition or whatever. It's the fact that he's got asthma. And well, and the fact that he's like he's yeah, he's nerdy. That's like the big thing. And he really, there is that, and he that really wants to fuck the chick from the Wonder Years. <laughs> but when when he finally when he finally like gets up the nerve to ask her out, and she's like, "No, no, I don't actually like you. I just feel bad for you because you have asthma." 
It's like, well, that's a harsh moment for the poor kid to deal with. Well, then it gets worse because then he gets in the fight with the kid in the gym. And then she's like, oh, oh, suddenly like, hey, do you want to do something this weekend? Or Oh, I see. You, I see you physically assaulted another human being. <laughs> now I am interested in you. Now can I come to the boat with you and the weird old Chinese man that you can't get with? Can I, or can I come to the zoo with you guys? That, right. Can I just tag along on that weird trip? <laughs> By the way, when he gets in the fight with the kid in the gym, mm-hmm. you can tell that that kid is supposed to be the bad guy because if you really pay attention, he has a swastika drawn on the back of his jean jacket with an ink pen. Oh, Jesus Christ. I was like, is that a fucking swastika? And I kept looking. I'm like, it is a swastika. What the fuck? Now, help me out with my timelines. Did we know Nazis were bad in 1992 (laughs) or had we not figured that out yet? (laughs) I think we had a pretty good idea. Right. So we started calling it the the, uh, Nazi dojo because apparently it's just like, oh, yeah, we support Nazism. That's good. I don't. I don't know how to respond to this. Just wants to get in the children's movie about learning how to overcome your asthma. <laughs> well, you just put some uh, ancient Chinese vapor rub on your chest, and it just goes away. Yeah. I drink some gross tea. I like the fact that there's an insinu- insinuation that that tea's not even like Chinese medicinal. It's just some gross concoction that the old man came up with. <laughs> fuck with him. Oh yeah, like none of just there are other Chinese people in the movie who don't know where that came from. It's not like it's not like the rest of them are like don't trust trust him. They're all like, what are you doing to the kid? It's like, what is that? He just shrugs his shoulders. He's like, yeah, I won't kill him. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so Doug, first time watch, how did you feel about this movie? More enjoyable or less enjoyable than showdown? Hmm. I feel like I would have liked this movie had I seen it when I was age appropriate to see it. Yeah. So if I'd been 10 at the first time I saw this, I think I'd be a fan of it. And then you add nostalgia into how much I enjoyed it. I probably would have enjoyed it a lot. Watching it now, it really bugged me that the Chuck Norris stuff wasn't wasn't more of the plot. I really wanted Chuck Norris to be the one that like trained him in his dream world or something, and that somehow that made him better at karate in the real world. I don't know. He taught him how to climb a rope. That counts, right? Well, he encouraged him. No, he, he told him how to do it. He wrapped his leg around it and put all your weight in your legs. Oh, you're right. Just didn't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, like I, I can't really say that I enjoyed watching this movie because I think it's not a film made for adults who like to watch and analyze movies. It's just not what no. it's for. So I like some of the cheese factor of it. For some reason, I enjoyed like the way that the Bo Bridges character and the teacher started to have like a relationship. And I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> but I was, I just find Bo Bridges likable. So I'm like, yeah, I hope he gets to sleep with the teacher. He's trying, trying to do like Tai Chi or whatever the fuck he was doing. Yeah, that's, that was, I mean, it was an atrociously bad scene, but I, for some reason, enjoyed it just because I like that guy. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like you asked if I enjoyed this more than the last movie. This is an objectively better movie. 
But I certainly laughed a lot more during the last movie. <laughs> I mean, it's not close. Were you supposed to laugh a lot more at the last movie? No. No. <laughs> I, did, I did not intend that as a compliment for the last movie. For American Karate Tiger, I was not complimenting it when I said I laughed at it. I'm just saying maybe I enjoyed watching it more because, you know, it was stupider. Agreed. Uh, no, how, how did this movie hold up for you? It's it's all right. I, I think it's I still see the same thing with it that I've always seen. Like the filmmaking itself is fine, and I think all the actors are fine, but the the story like has no fucking flow to it. Like there's no, it's a really bad plot. Um, yeah, like I said, the as the asthma never actually comes into play. His relationship with this girl never actually comes into play. His his rivalry with the bully guy never actually comes into play. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 fucking weird. It's like it's just it moves from place to place to place to place to place, and it doesn't like nothing ever pays off in any way. I mean, it ends with so the breaking competition, the way that like they solve it is the old man comes over and pours lighter fluid all over the bricks and lights them on fires. And he's like, this will help you. And it's like, how once again, <laughs> this is the, this is a new thing. This hasn't been addressed in the whole fucking movie. What's what, how does fire make it easier to break nine bricks? Well, and if it does make it easier, why is he allowed to do it? <laughs> why is he allowed to make it easier for his student over the other students? I don't know. Yeah, it's oh. very strange. Yeah, I'm about in the same place where it's just like I saw this in the theater. My uh my cousin was really into Taekwondo, like he was taking Taekwondo. He ended up becoming a black belt at some point. Uh he said he's completely forgotten all of that at this point. But um, okay. so he wanted to go see this movie, so I went and saw it. I'm like, yeah, this was awesome. And so rewatching it. It definitely has some nostalgia factor to it, but yeah, it's it's not super great. Yeah, like I think that nostalgia <laughs> is like a, uh, would be really helpful in watching this movie because you start to look past all the issues and just you know just enjoy yourself with the ridiculousness a little more. Right. You mean when Joe Piscopo gets kicked in the face and does like four flips in the air and then lands face down? Yeah, I don't understand the need for that. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I don't know. Uh, we forgot to mention Richard Mall plays the gym coach. Yes. He was kind of fun in the movie. It's kind of that typical, it. like, hard-nosed, hard-assed uh, gym teacher, but sort of comes around on Jonathan Brandis at the end. I liked the way he would, like, be screaming and yelling and then immediately just, you know, be able to turn it off, like, just in a moment. Right. 
Um, and then Garrett Graham was in it. He played like the theater teacher or whatever. You know him as uh, Bud the Chud. Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah. Did did we mention that the the strained relationship between the father and his son never comes into play? Nope. Yeah, no, like, again, yeah, like, it's weird how many things just happen in this movie that aren't really a story. No. Like, you would think, like, at the end, the dad would somehow play a role in training him to, like, show that they're getting closer together and the dad is, like, paying more attention to him, but. Because they they set it up. They set it up that that's going to be part of the movie. Yeah. Because he's telling, uh. Uh, the teacher, like, well, he has these dreams that he's a sidekick with Chuck Norris. And she's like, well, have you ever tried to be his sidekick in real life? And then he just goes, no. And then it just, that just goes away. She goes, oh, okay, then. I'll introduce him to my uncle. <laughs> That's, this seems mildly inappropriate. It is. Yeah, and, and it's all, like, very strange how, like, a teacher just brings her student to her family restaurant and then just introduces the student to her uncle and everybody's just okay with, okay, now this kid and this old man spent a lot of time together, including this solo trip to the zoo that was planned until Winnie Cooper tagged along. It's oh. like, well, I don't know if that's okay <laughs> or not. Like it, like, it starts out normal enough. He's like, okay, like... How do you get to school every morning? Okay, my dad drives me. Okay, well, starting tomorrow, you walk. And for a week, you walk. And then I expect you to run the next week. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, that, that's all like, okay, he's helping the kid get in shape. He's going to show him a few things. And then all of a sudden, it starts to get like, well, they're spending an awful lot of time together. And they're like, it's... These, people are, these people's lives are becoming very intertwined. And nobody seems to be like, wait, why is this like... New immigrant. First of all, like, how does he even have time in his day? <laughs> Teach this kid karate. Like, he's running a restaurant. He just got to the country. Like, literally got to the country like that day. <laughs> and, and he's like, I already got to run a restaurant. And then now and, they're like, oh yeah. Although, also you're in charge of this child that you've never met. And he has to kick a bunch of bikers out of his restaurant too. That's true. There's a random scene where he has to play drunk to fight bikers. Sure. Which I have to admit, like that whole him playing drunk part, I really enjoyed that. But it was, I don't understand what it had to do with the rest of the movie. Because he says some line too. He's like, you know, you make them think, you make them see you a certain way so that you can take advantage of them and catch them off guard or whatever. And then it's like, that doesn't play in, in the climax either. Like, nope. <laughs> like all these lessons he's giving them, none of them matter later on. So why are we, why are we learning them? Like why are we as an audience going on this journey and learning these lessons if they don't matter? Well, you'll be surprised to know this movie was directed by Chuck Norris's brother. I would not be surprised to learn that at all. <laughs> it's the only way that it makes any sense that Chuck Norris is in this. Yeah. He also directed Top Dog with Chuck Norris. Yes, he, every time you see Chuck Norris in a movie and you're like, why the fuck? It's like, oh, his brother needed the work. Okay. Missing uh, in Action 3, Delta Force 2, Hellbound, The Hitman, 
episodes of Walker, Texas Ranger. All right. Any final thoughts for wrap up our discussion of sidekicks? Nah, I mean, my, my thought on this movie is meh. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, it's worth a watch if you're into this kind of thing. Yeah. If you're 10 and it's early 90s, I'd definitely watch it. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. All right, well, before we get into what we watched this week, we have a piece of feedback. What? Is it people complaining about how uh, Noah didn't let us do Clown Month? So we have feedback about that too. I've received more than one message from people. Oh, saying, really? What happened to Clown Month? I'm like, Noah fucked it up. I don't know what to tell you. It was in his hands. <laughs> uh, Kent wrote us. He says, "How's it going, guys?" After welcoming baby number two, congratulations, Kent. Uh, and starting a new job, I'm finally catching up on episodes from a few weeks ago. Looking forward to Christopher September or October or November or December, whichever month you choose. Just remember, there could be only one. He's got a good point. We really should set up Christopher Lambert month. I don't appreciate him writing. He's just humble brag about his kids at his job. So. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. Well, that's not why he wrote. He said, anyway, the reason I'm writing is to oh, recommend. Oh, that was all preamble. <laughs> is to recommend a show that is short. That is a short, fun watch. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Uh, it's a parody of che- cheesy 80s sci-fi horror shows. It features a Stephen King-esque protagonist. It also has Matt Berry and Richard Adelaide. I, 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 yeah, whatever. However you pronounce that. There's only six episodes and they can be found on YouTube. That's all for now. Kent. It's one of those shows I've been meaning to watch for a while, just have not got around to it. Is there a link in that email? No. He said you can find him on YouTube. Yeah, I probably won't find him. Unless you go and watch it through the shows. And then, and then you'll and it just... shows up in the history and you can be like, oh, there's that thing. There it is. I can just watch it. Thanks, Kent. Congratulations on baby number two. Uh, what do we watch this episode or this week or whatever? I'm all over the place. I watched nothing. You may continue. Okay. What did you watch, Doug? Literally, uh, I am just trying to remember where we stopped discussing movies last week. I think the first thing I watched this week was the movie Air, which is mm. the one, the new uh, Ben Affleck movie about 
Michael Jordan getting signed to be the spokesperson for Nike shoes. And it's so fucking weird because do you remember when we were talking about like clown and we talked about how like when you have a good filmmaker, they can take like just an idea and make a good movie out of it, even though other people would screw it up. Yeah. Nothing happens in air. It's a very good movie about literally the guys like, huh, we got to hire somebody to be our shoe guy. We should hire like that really, really good player. And then they do. And that's like the whole thing. And for somehow it's a very interesting movie and I can't explain why. And I think it's just because when people are good at making movies, they know how to make anything interesting, even though not much happens. So I thought it was interesting from that perspective. I sort of watched it because I'm like, I don't understand how it can be good. Like, I don't understand. People are liking it, and I don't understand what could possibly happen in this movie that would make it interesting. And I watched it and enjoyed it and still don't understand what happened that could possibly make it interesting. (laughs) My biggest complaint about it is that Chris Tucker is in it. And there you go. He's in it. That's enough to upset me. And it does have some funny moments where, like, one agent, it gets really upset because... People are going around him to try to reach the Jordan family, but that that's it. I don't know. So people should watch it and people should enjoy it. And maybe somebody can write in and explain to me why it's good because I can't comprehend why it's good. Still can't figure it out. Nope. You want to hear about other things that I can't figure out? Sure. Because I also... Uh, I my library notified me that this was my last month to watch Toby Hooper's Night Terrors, starring Robert England as the Marquis de Sade. Oh yeah, and I mean that's emo- that's emotional manipulation. They knew I had to watch it as soon as it was like, look, man, if you don't watch this by the end of May, it's going to be gone. I'm like, well, fuck, how now I got to right? What a weird fucking movie this is. So it's like I don't know what year, early nineties. Oh. Um. I remember watching it. I don't remember a single thing about it. So basically the plot is this is guy. He's an archaeologist and he's looking into some like digging in, I think, Egypt, looking into some like ancient Christian cult that was there, you know, doing a, a dig. And he, that's not the real plot. The real plot is that his young, hot American daughter comes to stay with him and she gradually gets caught up in this like weird, like, world of like occultism and stuff and it turns out that you know it's all being run by a descendant of the marquis de sade and it's all about weird sadomasochism so for the first half of the movie we're intercutting between this story and like flashbacks to robert england dressed up as the marquis de sade being tortured and enjoying it way too much so obviously i recommend the movie because how do you not want to watch that but then I don't I can't say I completely understand what was going on in the movie most of the time. There's like a weird subplot where the girl, the main character, like she meets this guy at like a horse race. So she goes off into the desert and has sex with him and then later has a dream about him riding a horse naked. And the whole time I'm thinking, not only do I not want to see this much of this guy's dong, but also I don't understand what I'm watching. Like, what is, how is, what is going on plot wise? I don't know. But then it would like then cut to like they're torturing 
Robert England in like that weird like white face paint that they put people in when they want them to look noble from hundreds of years ago. And uh, he's like giggling because he enjoys being tortured. And I'm like, I don't, how do I not want to watch this then? <laughs> and then like when, when they're like about to be the big reveal is that like the cult is run by like the great, great grandson of it. That character is also played by Robert England. So he walks on screen and they, they play it out like you're going to be shocked. And I'm like, it's the same actor, even if it wasn't Robert England. And even if like he's not immediately recognizable, I'm going to know that the guy who's like the same actor is going to be leading the cult based on the teachings of the, the other guy. Right. Like no one's no one in your audience is this dumb, even if it is 1993 and you're making direct video horror movies. But. So I don't know, I would definitely watch it. I'm not suggesting that it's good, but it's <laughs> fucking weird enough that you're going to some see weird it. curiosity. Yeah. Um, and speaking of weird curiosities, there's a movie I hadn't seen in a long, long time called American Gothic. Do you guys know this one? 1987. I know it and I've bought it on Blu-ray and I have not watched it yet. Okay. You should watch it. I mean, really, instead of watching this, I should have put it on the list, but I hadn't seen it in a long time, and I remembered it freaking me out as a kid. So the basic plot line is like rich douchebags from Seattle are out in their plane. They're like having engine trouble, so they put down on this like island where they don't really know where they are. Now they're stuck there, basically, so they go exploring. They find this like old couple that lives in this like old house with no electricity and stuff and they're hyper religious and then we meet like the couple's children who are people in their 50s but they're um you know acting as if they're still children and eventually you know the family starts killing the the people because it's 1987 slasher movie so you know what's coming it's not really a shock when that starts happening but the thing is it's like the old couple is Rod Steiger and Yvonne DiCarlo. And you're like, like everybody knows who Rod Steiger is Yvonne DiCarlo. If you don't know, like you can like look her up and she's in all of these like classic old movies. And the thing is, they're not like phoning it in. They are putting in performances in this weird low budget horror film about a creepy family murdering people on this small Island. And then like, uh, Michael J. Pollard plays one of the kids, and you're like, well, that's just perfect casting. <laughs> you're like, of course he is. Like, why wouldn't he be the kid, that, the adult that still acts like a kid? Um, and you're like, most, most importantly, Yvonne DiCarlo is Lily Munster, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But she was also in a bunch of other movies. With sure, like, sure, sure. Like Clark Gable movies and shit, right? Sure. So, and she's playing it. It's she's not playing it like with the camp of like Lily Monster, put it that way. So uh, this movie ends up working really well. It's a super weird movie. Um, the kills are fun. They're like the kids that are acting like adults are fun. Especially there's um, the one like because there's two sons and a daughter. The daughter is played by Janet Wright, who is probably She's best known to me. I have no idea if this will be a reference that matters to Americans or not, but she's like Brent's mom on Corner Gas. 
and uh, she's watching her performance is something else. Like she's just this like 50 year old woman, not particularly attractive, dressed up in like stereotypical little girls clothes from the 1940s and just like acting like she's a little kid playing with dolls and stuff. And one of her dolls is a um, an actual human corpse that's been mummified. Which is super fun when later two characters get into a tugging match over it and break it in half. So, I mean, I'm, I mean, if that's not enough for me to recommend the movie, I don't know what else is. Two characters <laughs> having a tug of war over a mummified baby. I mean, that sells a lot of people. Yeah. So, it's a recommend. Like I say, the kills are fun. There's, you know, People getting stabbed with the knitting needles and guys getting tossed off cliffs and all sorts of fun shit like that. So, like, by tossed off cliffs, I mean on a swing and then somebody cuts the rope so they just go flying. Oh, <laughs> of the cliff. Um, yeah. Very fun. Um, I, we should almost do it on the show because I'd love to hear you guys have a discussion about it. Yeah. Big argument. It's my, it does have one thing in it that is like the most 80s thing ever. It's like the one character is like damaged, you know, like like every other horror movie. There's always that one character that has like something traumatic happened in their past. Right. But the thing that happened in her past is that her baby drowned because she was cooking dinner while giving her like baby a bath. And then when the phone rings, she ignores both to run and answer the phone. And then while she's on the phone dinner starts boiling over so she runs back to check on dinner and then eventually gets back to the bath and the baby's dead and i guess in 1987 that counts as an accident i'm pretty sure that's murder by today's standard i'm like i'm watching it i was like horrified and like and then later like a character actually says to her like this it was an accident. These things. I'm like, no, it fucking wasn't. Like, you you left your baby in a bathtub while you were cooking dinner and answering the phone. Like, you just missed the call. I guess that's that's the answer there, so that you can stay and make sure that your baby doesn't drown. I don't know, but it's just it's such an '80s thing. I'm like, how is this even remotely qualify as an accident? Is the '80s? We didn't know yet. We didn't, didn't know that you shouldn't leave somebody who can't sit up on their own alone in a bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> figured that out yet. No. I mean, I guess. Science hadn't discovered it yet. <laughs> it's Yeah, I don't know. That, that kind of bothered me watching the movie. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like she should be in jail for this. If nothing else, like, the dad of the kid shouldn't, like, still be with her. <laughs> At least be angry with her over that. But anyways, yeah, that movie's a huge recommend. I, like I said, maybe we'll find a way to put it on the list at some point. Um, nice. But it's the also the last thing I watched, so it's your turn, Brian. Uh, the only thing I watched was The Wrath of Becky. Right. Which is a follow-up to Becky. Where a young girl has to do, like, Home Alone slash first blood type shit to some neo-nazis in the woods yep uh which is highly enjoyable because it's super bloody and gory which makes it even better 
Uh, so this is the follow-up. We catch up with Becky and see what she's up to. Um, uh, she, she has to deal with uh, some uh, militia guys. They're sort of planning one of those, like, essentially it's a very similar, like, we're holding a rally. At least that's what they tell people. But then they're planning on sort of uh, doing some stuff at the courthouse. Um, this is almost like the equivalent of the idiots that tried to, they were planning to kidnap the governor in Michigan or whatever. And so some stuff happens. I won't get into since it's still a newer movie. Uh, and then Becky has to set her, set her sights on him. And Becky's very much in a mood where she's like, you know what? I've killed motherfuckers before. I got to kill these militia guys. And it's, uh, it's completely ridiculous and over the top and where the story leads at the very, very, very end of the movie makes no goddamn sense whatsoever. Um, maybe it's a little even too over the top for this series of movies, but overall the movie's still enjoyable. So I, I really want to see that one. And it's just, yeah, it's uh, I don't <sighs> think it's available here yet, but yeah. Well, they kept they kept up sort of the gimmick because the last gimmick was we're going to take Joel McHale and Kevin James, who you think of comedians, put them in this super dark movie where one of them is a neo-Nazi. And uh, they did that. where They're like, you remember Stifler from uh, American Pie movies? Mm-hmm. We're going to make him the leader of a super nut job uh, militia group. So... I feel like he's pretty good. I can see where somebody would be like, I can't take him seriously because he's Stifler. But all of his deliveries and stuff, is he's very like calm and direct about everything. So I feel like his performance is pretty good. But I know he it? has been typecast, but I also have seen him do this before. Right? He was in that yeah. movie where he played a serial killer. And he did a pretty good job. Oh, so I think I, I know he's capable. No, oh. I don't remember the name of that movie off the top of my head, but I remember that. Yeah, he was. Oh. Yeah, he played like like sort of a. I want to see he was like sort of a Dexter esque serial killer, but I can't remember the details. Yeah, I enjoyed his performance, so I'd be interested to hear people's take on it. But um, no. Yeah, people, I want to see it, and I will have comments when I do. So, yeah, so. worth a watch. I enjoyed it. Like I said, I feel like the very, very end is a little like what? Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. So for next week, I thought we should uh, come up with some uh, some uh, fun movies that don't involve kids taking karate. Although well, I guess we, they, they make movies where kids don't take karate <laughs> lessons. It's very short films. They're like, hey, you want to learn karate? They're like, nah. That's it. <laughs> uh, but the next best thing would be Karate Monkeys. That's not on the list. So I'll have to go to the next best thing, which is movies with monkeys in them. So we're going to go with Phenomena and Link. Because who doesn't enjoy a double episode about monkeys? I 
can I just state for the record, huge recommend <laughs> for next week's movies. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Phenomena, and uh, I saw Link when I was younger, and I'm very curious to to revisit it. So you, you saw Link the last time we covered it on the show, and we liked it enough that we're making an exception and covering it again. I didn't. So. I was. I wasn't on that episode. Were you not? No. Nope. It's just okay. a you and Scott thing. Uh, but yeah, should be fun. General Zod training a monkey that falls in love with Elizabeth Shue. It's great. To be fair, how could you not? It's Elizabeth Shue. I, I am pro the monkey, man. It's not my. <laughs> Uh, did Noah fall asleep? Only a little. I was going to say, we tried to go as fast as we could because we knew you didn't want to fall asleep on the show. Yeah, I rushed through my discussion of those movies. Not happy about it. He fell asleep anyway. <laughs> didn't fall all the way asleep. I may have just nodded a little. <laughs> I was only resting my eyes, mm-hmm. said the old man of the podcast. <laughs> Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.